Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Vavil UK's very own Newcastle United podcast, Tyne Warp. I'm your host, Harry Roy, and I'm joined by Dan Wright, as well as Harry Crow for this one, making his debut here today. And speaking of debuts, I imagine Newcastle are going to have quite a few players making their debuts this month. And the first will be Kieran Trippier, who has officially, well, I say officially, he's not actually signed yet, we've been waiting all day for it, has signed on the dotted line to kick off the new era here on Tyneside. Lads, simple question. It's a pretty good signing, isn't it, for a team that are 19th in the league? Yeah, it's fantastic. Um, what he's done in the game is incredible. I mean, we're talking about a bloke who's scored in the in the World Cup semi-final. He's assisted in the Euros final. Like he's and he's won the Spanish league. Not only that, he was in the team of the year. Like it's a signing that, on the if you look at 19th in the Premier League, shouldn't be able to make at all. And for me, what I was surprised about was the price tag as well, because when it was first like suggested at 25 million I was like yeah it's a, it's a good deal when you actually look at it it's apparently 12 million pounds with add-ons it's like that is crazy yeah. cheap and I'm amazed that there's not another club that's jumped in on it a team that's like higher up in the league table for example you know there's plenty of teams that need a right back so yeah it's, it's a really really exciting signing for me yeah and uh, for me personally I, I can't actually quite believe that now with the richest football club in the world it still feels like a pinch me moment that uh, it actually went through back in October and just touching on uh, Kieran Trippier as well, of course he played in uh, the Champions League final for Spurs as well before he uh, went to Atletico. So yeah, it's, it's such a marquee sign and I'm excited to see what he's going to do in a Newcastle shirt uh, for, for the second half of the season. I mean, the only real criticism you can have of Trippier is his age. He's 31, It's he's, you know, he's reaching that twilight stage of his career, but like we've 
kind of all said there, he would probably walk into nearly every single Premier League side bar your Chelsea's, your Man United's and your Liverpool's. Is that an issue, do we think? Or is it just key at the minute in the predicament that we're in is getting someone of his ability that is going to, you know, he's ready now for the next two or three years or should we have went for someone, you know, maybe just four or five years younger? I think four or five young, years younger, you're talking like an extra 30, 40 million on top, which yeah. for a right back at this stage seems excessive. If you can get 31's not like ancient and what I've, I've done a bit of research, he's barely ever injured either. He's, he doesn't have a lot of injuries, he's always very fit. So I, I I don't think it's a problem his age. I really don't. Um, and that you mentioned about the relegation thing. Uh, yeah, it's fantastic to have someone's ability, but if we're trying to go better next year, the year after, I think he's going to be a key player for two, three seasons to come yet, not just this relegation battle. Yeah, I can't actually quite believe as well that uh, Newcastle are making signings in January because it's not very often over the years we've made that many in January. I think Miguel Almond, in fact, was the last person we signed uh, on a permanent in the January transfer window. So... I'm excited to see what Trippi's going to do because obviously he's a set-piece specialist. He's someone who's going to be able to offer a lot more as well in defence but also going forward. And I think it's such a clever first signing for the new owners uh, once, obviously once it gets announced, hopefully later on tonight. I mean, like you touched on there, in terms of you know his set-piece play as well, that's something we've lacked massively because, I mean, we've got Shelby and Richie here take turns, well, attempting to knock the ball into the box or, or score from a free kick. But it brings you back to the amount of right-backs we've had at this club. And we haven't had an array of talent, really, at right-back. I don't think ever. I mean, look, I'm only 21, right? But I think you can make a case already for Kieran Trippier being the best right-back this club's ever had. Is there anyone anyone who's up there? Debussy, maybe? I mean, if we're talking our sort of lifetime of watching, it, it's probably Debussy, isn't it, beforehand? Yeah. You've got your Jan Mats, your Yedlins, your Mancuos. Yeah, he's as Gamez as... Um, social media admin, he's as Gamez. The social media admin, I. <laughs> but to be honest, none of them even get close to doing half of what Kieran Trippier has done in his career. Do they? Like, He's an absolute class act, and if he can carry on his, half his performance from last season with Atletico, then Newcastle will stay up. And the the point you made about set pieces and that, yeah. like At the minute, I think the only person who can take a decent corner in our squad is Ryan Fraser, and you, you've got Trippier, who's infinitely better at that and can... You know, the free kicks he scored, I mean, the famous one against Croatia. But yeah, I just, I like what uh, Harry said before, I'm pinching myself a little bit about it, to be honest. It's just crazy. Harry, while we're on the topic of pinching ourselves, really, and obviously yeah. Trippier, we know, has leadership qualities. We've, we've seen this throughout his career. He's a wise old head. He's arguably the best player in the squad now. Would you go as far as making him captain, especially with, you know, the issues that Jamal LaSalle has had form wise this season? Yeah, definitely. It's it's actually not a bad shout making him captain because obviously as uh, Dan and yourself touched on with his England experience and I can't really think of anyone else in the team who possibly could take the armband from Lascelles who's really sort of developed uh, this season and sort of actually made himself like a leadership sort of ability to be captain this season. So I, I definitely can see Trippier potentially taking the armband uh, when, once he comes in. Just touching back on right-backs over the years, was Ryan Taylor a right-back or was he centre-back? Because I'm just trying to think. Right back, it's, left back, centre mid. He pretty much did he, it all, he, didn't he? He did yeah. all. He did it all. Yeah, because obviously he was he was a great uh, he was a great addition as well when we when we had him at the club along with uh, Stephen Taylor as well, who's now retired. If Kieran Trippier can bang a free kick as good as Ryan Taylor, then fair play. <laughs> That's one thing you'll have to overcome. But Trippier, obviously, 
I think it's somewhat of a statement signing. I know even when the fee was talked about, I think last week, I think a lot of us thought that it was going to be a 25 or 30 million pound move. And even for mm-hmm. that price, I was still thinking that's a pretty good, you know, yes, it's, 100%. it's a lot of money, but it's a cute trippy. I mean, look, Gareth Southgate stuck with him at the Euros was going to actually drop Trent Alexander-Arnold to to get him in that squad. Ultimately, he didn't have to in the end with the injury situation that Trent had, but the amount of England right-backs, I think, where, you know, if you had to make a squad out of right-backs, England would win the World Cup every single <laughs> year, without a doubt. And, and Trippier is very, very much involved in that. I think it just shows how good of a signing this is. And, and full credit to Amanda Stavely and co as well, who have took a lot of unnecessary abuse from Many national journalists have been told they're absolutely clueless and haven't got a clue what they're doing and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, they've come out straight away, first few days of the window, and got this move done for a good price as well. They've not been mugged off. And I think what we'll see now is, look, we know Newcastle are probably going to look for another four or five players in this window if they can. But the one thing with Trippier is I think it'll influence more top players to make this move because it is a daunting move, look. A lot of the players at Newcastle are interested in are players who could easily play European football and try to sell them a project of potential relegation, I imagine, is tough. But do you guys see in, you know, this Trippier move being a bit of a catalyst for the likes of Sven Botman and all these other players who have been linked with the club but maybe aren't, you know, maybe a little bit worried about joining a side that could potentially go down? It, it can't hurt, can it? I mean, I still have my doubts how big it is ultimately if a player's got his mindset that he's not going to a team threatening relegation he rates himself as a Champions League footballer I don't think there's a lot you can do about that really yeah it is it's an interesting one isn't it I think obviously with all the I mean, Newcastle's been linked with everyone in the transfer window I, you, you never know who we're going to end up with come the end of January I think uh, yeah just touching on obviously some of the players that we have been linked with obviously you mentioned there Seven Botman uh, from Lille, he, I think he would be a good addition though in defence, he would certainly uh, tighten us up, uh, obviously we've been linked with Tarkovsky as well and uh, Connor Cody which again another two uh, good options because I think with Newcastle, I think I believe we're the, either the second or worst defensive side in the league when it comes to conceding goals so it's def- yeah it's definitely yeah so it's an area we need to uh, definitely improve on if we stand a chance of staying up thing is Dan what you said before there about do I think it could influence players? I think it will to an extent because Kieran Trippier is a seasoned England international. He's been mm-hmm. there, done it all. Diego Simeone didn't want to let him go. That's the key part here. He's just won the La Liga title with with Atletico Madrid. Didn't want to lose him. And we've managed to get him here. That's significant pulling power. Chelsea and Manchester United also wanted him. And, and we've managed to get him here. So I, I certainly think that if there is concerns for players, I don't actually think that's that big of an issue, you know. I think a lot of it's over-dramatised of this whole thing of, oh, he'll not want to come play for a relegation-threatened side because Kieran Trippier is the first one through the door. I I, I don't think it's as, as big of an issue as it is. What do you think about that, Harry? Do you think it's, a, think it's an issue at all? Oh, yeah, I think it could actually be an issue... Um... Yeah, for for Newcastle, I think Newcastle's main problem as well, especially over the years, is just the lack of recruitment that's been brought into the club. And obviously, as a result, now we've obviously stagnated and in a relegation battle again this season, which is uh, unfortunate to see. But I think I definitely think the Kieran Trippier signing, though, once it goes through, it's a statement of intent from the new owners. 
you can tell they want to obviously get the ambition now in at the football club to bring in players who can at least help us push up the table. I'm not obviously saying push for a top four, top five place just yet, but get us further up the table, uh, hopefully by staying up this season and then kick on from there. And I think with Newcastle, uh, just again, just really on touch on the second half of the season, I think it's bringing in players who are going to fight for the shirt and actually be ready for a relegation battle to make sure that we stay in the Premier League uh, come, come May. Well, to make sure we stay in the Premier League, we're going to need some players and the consortium have been very busy trying to get in players. We've seen, I think we've bid for about 250,000 players in the last two days, <laughs> really. So just trying to like chew through all these players, I think it's clear what the club need. Of course, Trippier's through the door. They need a couple of centre-halves, they need a left-back, they need a midfielder, and they definitely need a striker before next Saturday's game against Watford, mm-hmm. which is absolutely huge. We'll get onto that a little bit later. But in terms of the centre-back options that we've seen, and I'm seeing a bit of a commentary here. I know a lot of it's paper talk, but I think they were linked with a, a defender called Schlotterbeck from Freiburg. I can't say I know a lot about him. Mm-hmm. Sven Botman, of course, one of them, and Diego Carlos yeah. from Sevilla, another player that's been has been banded around there. Now, the common trait with those three players is that they all could easily play Champions League football or want to play Champions League football. Or currently are playing Champions League football. Or currently are playing it. Is the risk here that Newcastle are going to spend too much time haggling for these sort of players in the upper echelons to Newcastle at the minute and fear of not getting them? And then we're stuck, you know, 10 days before the window shuts and we're shopping around, you know, the championship looking for players to to bolster this defence that, you know, urgently needs sorting out. I'm torn on that, to be honest, because you don't want to set a precedent, do you, for being ripped off? Like, here's Newcastle United, they'll pay £40 million for a buying average centre-half. So I, I think that probably what's happened is that Sven Botman, they've been quoted a ridiculous price for him. They've gone, oh, we'll bid for this lad at Sevilla. Um, is it Diego Carlos? Yeah. A player I don't know a lot about, I'll be honest. But And then they've been quoted £40 million for him. It's like, mm, who's next on the list, you know? Like... I think they're doing it the right way. I don't think they want to be seen paying £60 million for Sven Botman. As good as he is and as good as his stats are, you don't want to be seen being ripped off. But then, on the other side of things, if teams of quality players keep on quoting you ridiculous amounts of money and you don't get anyone in, I think without a centre-half, we without at least one centre-half, I think we get relegated, to be honest. So it might be worth paying that bit extra money just for this window, but you do worry about the, the type of prices they're getting quoted. They're a difficult situation, aren't they, Harry? Oh, they absolutely are, Harry, yeah. Um, I think as well with, obviously, looking at different targets that we've been linked with in January, a lot of clubs as well are going to be uh, pressuring us into paying that bit more money to bring in to bring them in, and obviously they're going to be demanding more wages as well, the players, once they arrive, which obviously you can't blame them when uh, they've been playing Champions League football at certain clubs, like like Trippier actually, for example, I think it's going to be on a hundred grand a week, uh, they were talking about earlier on, which again is absolutely fine when you consider he's been playing Champions League football, and he's now going to be in a relegation battle uh, for the second half of the season, so it's, it is it is going to be a, an interesting one at Newcastle, because they are going to obviously have to spend wisely, but they're also going to have to make sure they bring in players who are up for the fight and can actually deliver on the pitch and not just and, and basically not just coming for the money. Yes, yeah, so we've covered the centre-halves then. I think you're spot on, Harry. I think we've got to strike the happy medium, really. And a player that I think would be very good, do I necessarily want him 
it is not really as Luca Dinier. I just think I, I don't know whether you guys are in the same boat as me here. Is I want a player here at this football club that actually wants to be here, and I don't think he's interested. So fair enough. But there was it was very confusing last night on Twitter. I don't know whether you guys seen it. So it came out that we bid twenty two and a half million and Sean Longstaff for Luca Dinier from Everton, who wants out the club. And then, like, ten minutes later, it turned to, no, we haven't bid for him, and Everton have bid for Sean Longstaff. <laughs> so, no idea what to believe, and to be fair, I think that someone's probably got in the journalist who leaked it and said, can you remove that, because that kind of ruins our negotiation tactics for Sean Longstaff. But, uh, Luca Dini, Dan, discussed. Think it would be a good signing, and do you want him here? Yeah, he's a, he's a very good left-back. I would have him in a heartbeat. Um, the whole thing about players not necessarily wanting to play for Newcastle if I'm honest, it really doesn't bother me that much. I get why you wouldn't want to make the step down to a relegation threatened team. But if, if we're the only He's option... He's already one though, isn't he? <laughs> I guess. I guess so. But I've, his point is probably he thinks he can go to a better team from Everton because he's definitely leaving Everton isn't yeah, he? Yeah I think I think it's Chelsea like he's, gone. he's after and to be fair if you've I know like people hate that thing of would you rather live in Newcastle or London but like Chelsea it's a pretty attractive proposition isn't it? Yeah of course it is and West Ham as well the other team I think yeah. at the minute money or not West Ham are a more attractive proposition than Newcastle. I think mm-hmm. the only way that we get him is if Newcastle are the only team that matches Everton's uh, price which is, is feasible Um because if no one else matches price, he's stuck there and he's not going to be playing football for months. So I think it's one that could happen, but not till the very end of the window. I would I would be surprised if that was a one that happened soon. I think a team like Chelsea West Ham probably will go in for him. It wouldn't be the end of the world, but yeah, I'd, I'd definitely have him. The whole thing about players not wanting to come, I get it. And honest, I do, if they're good enough, I couldn't care less what their intentions are, to be honest. I think you're spot on, to be fair. And like the interesting thing with Dinia, like you said there, is obviously Everton want to sell him. Chelsea, you would think, would want to loan him because mm-hmm. Chilwell's going to be back at the end of the season. He's first choice. And then at West Ham, do, do they have the money to, to go for that and will they spend it? Because people do need to realise, yes, they've got new investment there, but Gold, Sullivan and Brady are notorious for not spending money. And we had West Ham fans arguing with our lot last year, saying that they're a worse set of owners than Mike Ashley. So whether they're going to willing to match, you'd expect, I think our package is probably around £30 million. You'd probably rate Sean Longstaff at about seven and a half would around that, I would say. I know he's out of contract, but yeah. I would say the package is around £30 million. I don't think they'll get any higher than that. Harry, what do you think about Dinia? Because I think he'd be a great sign, to be fair. And to go from Mancu and Richie to Trippier and Dinia is one hell of an upgrade. Oh, it's, it's a massive upgrade for Newcastle. I think Lucas Dinia, when he arrived at uh, Everton in 2018, he was even sort of built up as like the next sort of big thing at Everton. But under Rafa Benitez, he's just not really been able to sort of express his his uh, emotions sort of on the pitch. Rafa's obviously not been a big fan of his. And he's, uh, yeah, so now he's going to be shown the exit door, which is a strange one because obviously if he goes to Chelsea, he'd be competing against Ben Chilwell once he returns from injury and you'd still expect Chilwell possibly to start ahead of Digny. Whereas at West Ham, I think, yeah, I think West Ham he probably would get in the first team. I think West Ham, uh, I think it's Masuaku he'd be competing with, so he'd be, I would expect Digny to start ahead of Masuaku. But if he was to come to Newcastle, I think his big competition would be Jamal Lewis. He hasn't really had a look in, in fairness, since, since he came from Norwich. Yeah, and Lewis is injured as well, so I think Dini would get a yeah. free run of it. But in terms of players that are wanting out of clubs and clubs that are wanting rid of players, Aaron Ramsey, very, very interesting one, and I'd be a massive fan of this as well. I know awesome. a lot of people will turn around and go, oh, 
his, in, his injury record, all that sort of thing. But like, anyone who's seen him play in the Euros, he was quality once again for Wales. And I think you'd be a class above anything we've got in the midfield, except, obviously, Big Joe, Dan, sort of player like Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> it's in that same bracket, isn't it, of Trippier, where it's like seasoned international, a bit older, but still very good. Well, yeah, I mean, I feel like I, f- I find myself saying this with a lot of Newcastle players that we're linked to, and I see fans going, oh, I'm not so sure. When Newcastle United, 19 for the Premier League, he's Aaron Ramsey. Like, yeah. why are you turning your nose up? It's mental. Like, if it's possible, make it happen. He's a top top footballer. It's similar to the Trippier deal, other than there's slightly more question marks because, of, like you mentioned, his injury record, whereas Trippier doesn't, doesn't have that. But yeah, what a signing that would be. I mean, that midfield... All of us. I mean, we've got basically got a new midfielder in Joe Linton. Who would have thought that was going to happen? That he would turn into a centre midfielder, but we've got him. Get Ramsey and maybe one other if we can. If we've got the means, if we've got time to look for it. But yeah, if we, he's cheap as well, wages not so much. But Juventus don't really want a fee for him. They just want to get rid of him. Um, would it worry you the fact that he's only played about two games this season? It might yeah, yeah. find it a bit hard. Aaron Ramsey, no. mate. He's, he's still he's better, better than Isaac Hayden, isn't he? We've got there at the minute. I think it would be a no-brainer to be fair, and he's clearly been offered to clubs as well because I mean Burnley tried, which I thought was quite funny. He's That's cute. Like, nah, don't, don't fancy that. <laughs> yeah, Aaron Ramsey. Well, I think you'd, I think you've got to take him in a heartbeat, wouldn't you? I think when you look at our midfield compared to uh, what we possibly could have with the likes of Ramsey, obviously Hayden's injured, Sean Lansdaff potentially could be gone. John Joe Shelby, he's not. Well, he's, he's been better in recent weeks, but I don't think he's still at his sort of at his best. He's full potential, like and that he can usually be at that we know he can be at as well. And obviously, Matty Longstaff, who's now returned from Aberdeen, who let's be honest, he flopped in Scotland. So would he be likely to be helping us in a relegation battle? So Ramsey, you've got to definitely take him if you're offered the chance to sign him. But I'd also be, uh, I'd also like to see Jeannie Wijnaldum come back. I know he was only here for a season before, but he was he was very good when he was uh, back in twenty fifteen when he joined. So I would be happy to see see him come back, and he's obviously uh, uh, want to get in the national team for the Netherlands for next year as well, for this year as well, could be even. I absolutely love Wijnaldum. Yeah, same. The thing is that because we got the best out of him because he played just off the strike, and I know Liverpool he went a bit deeper, and Klopp's you know clearly made him a better player. But why? I know, like a lot of people don't like the whole like nostalgia thing of like bringing players back. But why Naldum? Yes, please. But yeah. Another one as well yeah. in terms of a striker. I know we're desperate for one. The the bad news on Callum Wilson is he might be out for the rest of the season, which I don't think he will be. Probably a couple of months, but even that's disastrous. But we all know, mm-hmm. we all knew what sort of player we're getting in Callum Wilson. You only get him for half a season. And talking of nostalgia and bringing players back, Alexander Mitrovic, anyone? Not, not for me. me. But, yeah. <laughs> no, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, some of the striker links are just ridiculous, aren't they, really? I mean, one minute it's Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, the next minute it's Dusan Vlahovic from Fiorentina. Like, it's just never going to happen in a million years. I think the one I've seen today of Divock Origi seems much more realistic. And, you know, what? I think that would be a, a really smart and sensible sign. And he's out of contract. Apparently he's available for less than 10 million. I'd be more than happy with having Divock Origi. Yeah, I agree. Origi would probably be my number one choice for a striker in the window. In terms of the price as well, yeah. I think even if Liverpool turned around and said they got like 18 million, I'd pay that. Look, I mean, look, he's, he's scored so many goals for them. He's got cult hero status at Liverpool. He knows where the back of the net is. He, I know he's injured at the minute, but his fitness record is a lot better than Wilson's. You can rely on him to put the ball in the net. We don't need someone to come in and score us 25, 30 goals. We just need someone who's going to tide us over until Callum Wilson gets back. 
he offers us that and I think it gives Eddie Howe the opportunity to go back to that 4-4-2 he liked at Bournemouth where he I think was King and Wilson or Solanke and Wilson so I certainly think the striker will come through the door but who that is uh, remains to be seen but in terms of the budget because like, this is a January mad podcast I know but there's nothing else to talk about and it's probably the most exciting January Newcastle fans have ever had other than everyone catching COVID or me at the minute I've got mumps so you can imagine what my face looks like uh, but <laughs> in terms of the budget how much do we expect the club to spend because I mean people were talking about a budget of our oh, 30 million, ridiculous, 50 million, but I'm certainly expecting over 100 now. Yeah, definitely. I mean, some yeah. of the talk of budgets, I didn't believe it for one minute when they were saying it's 50 million. It's like, it's obviously not going to be 50 million, is it? Like, the squads, that average needs that much work to even stay in the division. It's like, it, you just have to put two and two together to realise we're going to be spending more than 50 million. I mean, we've probably bid well over 50 million already in what, the sixth day of the window? So, yeah. Yeah, it would be nice to spend a good about 100, yeah, 150, 200 million even. Why not? It's uh, splash the cash and uh, let's keep us in the Premier League, hopefully. And I mean, it would be a travesty, let's be honest, if Newcastle were to go down the Championship. The, the, the thought of that is just uh, it's heartbreaking if we were to go down, especially now, obviously, we have got new owners. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, we just need to make sure we bring the right players in in January and then hopefully... Because I think when you look at Newcastle's squad compared to the teams down there, Burnley are quite light, and obviously with Maxwell Corney going in African Cup of Nations uh, this month, that's going to be a big loss for them. Leeds obviously still without Calvin Phillips, which I don't think he's back till March as well, which is a huge blow for them as well. And then obviously Norwich, I, I can't say Norwich staying up with, uh, with the squad they've got at the moment. And the other team, of course, is Watford, who we play uh, a week on Saturday. I was on a podcast yeah. the other day, uh, and it was like a bit of a relegation special. It was me, a Watford fan, the Burnley fan. I think everyone was in agreement that Newcastle would still. And I think, obviously, January will, will help that massively. But I put the argument across that I think the Newcastle actually possess a better squad than Burnley, Watford and Norwich do at this stage already. So I certainly think with a, a January window, I mean, look, if, if they're bringing in another two or three players even in the same level as Kieran Trippier, I think they'll be all right. And I was just looking at the, the fixture uh, list today and I think a lot of the games that were cancelled um, due to postponements have been rearranged. Have you guys seen Watford's uh, running? They've got, yeah. they've got us, Burnley yeah. and Norwich within the space of six days without mm-hmm. their two best players. That's a, that's, a, that's a big, big worry for them. So I think we'll, yeah. I think we'll be alright. How, how's the nerves, lads? Are we all alright in terms of survival? Because I'm, I'm pretty chill now, to be fair, after the trip here. Yeah, it's been a while since we've played, so I'm feeling pretty relaxed, to be honest. Um, <laughs> I've loved the performance. Yeah, oh, brilliant. I mean, the, the, I've loved watching Everton and mostly Southampton fans' reaction to the postponements, to be honest with you. Oh, we're not allowed to have <laughs> players in and ban the January transfer window. Oh, I've heard it all. Brilliant, love it. I'm, opt- I'm optimistic that we can stay up, definitely. I think it's just uh, it's just how depressing, obviously, the first half of the season Spain seen us only win one game. And just it's what's been the most worrying though is how many goals we've conceded, just how easy it's been to score goals past us. But hopefully in January, obviously we'll tighten that up and then we'll be a totally different side uh, from from January onwards. Well, we certainly looked like a different side against Man United. That was the last game we played. Yeah, I true. think a lot of people went into that game and was like, look, we put a decent performance in, even if we get beat, so it's it's not the end of the world. We were excellent, should have won that game, and. Looked back at their match against Wolves the other day, they got beat 1-0. And it just highlights even more that that was two points dropped. And best performance of the season, but once again, failed to get over the line. 
oh, it was it was really it was brilliant. Other than other than conceding a really sloppy and actually you can't really complain to any of them for the goal. It was a good bit of defend to block the shot in the first place. So unlucky to concede, but yeah, oh, some of the some of the chances I'm still having nightmares over. Saint Maximin's miss could have put it two 0 up, put the game to bed. You know, Murphy hitting the post, David de Gea pulling out a world class save to deny Almiron. I mean, it's a game that we should have won. In it really is like the performance compared to Manchester United's performance. Um, I could talk about Joe Linton's performance for hours and hours and hours, but we don't have all night. What a man! Oh, he's just yeah. incredible, oh, incredible, isn't he? He's incredible. Yeah, I love him. Yeah, I can't uh, believe we didn't beat my <laughs> It's uh, And obviously as well, Cristiano Ronaldo, how did he not get sent off when he wiped out Ryan Fraser? I know, unbelievable. Because the few hours I was in the press box and it, he totally wiped them <laughs> clean out. I mean, how on earth that's not being given as a penalty? But I feel if that was a Newcastle player, we all know what decision's going to be there. And it ain't going to be a yellow card, it'll be a straight red. Yeah, well, I don't want to dwell all day on the Man United game. So I mean, look, it's it's old news now. Everyone's just bothered about January, but it was a very good game, very good performance. Should have won, two points dropped. Teams around us aren't winning games. That's the consolation here. We're in a mini league with Watford, Burnley, and Norwich. And as long as we finish above them, and I certainly think there's no excuses either. I think you guys would agree as well. We've got no excuse to not stay up. Really, we've got 19 games with a somewhat strengthened squad. Yes, we've got injuries, but we should certainly have enough to. To finish above yep. three sides who will yeah. you know, have limited squads and limited investments in this window. Yeah, you'd think so. It leads us on to uh, the Cambridge game, uh, FA Cup match on, on Saturday facing League One opposition at St James's Park. The game's sold out, which just just shows the the buzz around the city at the minute in the club. It's fan- it's a fantastic place to be at the minute. Fifty-two thousand there expected against the League One side. Just a standard procedure for Newcastle United at the minute, but I certainly think that the optimism and the belief is back at St James's Park. Do you agree, Dan? Yeah, I think so. I mean, fifty-two thousand for a third-round game at Cambridge. I'm just repeating what you said, but it is it is incredible, really. Um, I was shocked when I had a look at the stats for the last few years. Actually, third cup, uh, third-round games when we've been at home, and they have actually been quite high. Um, I think the Oxford game at home in the fourth round against League One was, you know, there was a lot of people there. 50 odd thousand so there is something about Newcastle in the FA Cup we really want to have a good run in it um, hopefully it's a start of a good run because I, I do think that if we win this game I mean we've only won one game in all competition all season I just think getting that winning feeling amongst the club amongst the players the fans I, I think it could have a, a positive impact on our bearings in the league yeah that's a really good way of looking at it to be honest because I think the way I've been viewing the game is like, oh, it's a bit of a hindrance. Yes, you know, we're playing a, a team we should breeze past, but once you get through this round, then you've got more games, fixture congestion. But I think a lot of it's like squad morale. I mean, look at the way we went on when we beat Burnley. You think we'd won the Champions <laughs> League? So I, I certainly think it's a, it, it, it's a good shout. Do you agree with that, Harry, that we kind of need a, yeah. bit, a bit more confidence? And even it is beating the League One side, it, it can only help. Oh, absolutely. It definitely can help. It's a... Uh, Obviously, I, look, I was looking at the table actually earlier for Cambridge. I think they're 16th in League One, one win in the last five games. So it's, it's a good chance definitely to get through that game on Saturday, progress to the next round. And without being too deluded, why not go all the way and win it? I know Newcastle <laughs> in the FA Cup over the years haven't been uh, very good. But it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's a brilliant chance to get through on Saturday and then... Yeah, see, we get in the next round. Obviously, not looking too past Cambridge because they will still bring a, a test. It'll be a transfer to knock out Premier League opposition. So it'll be, uh, it'll be, yeah, it should be a good game Saturday. And like I said, hopefully, 
if the game we can get past and then focus on Watford and Leeds uh, to finish off this month. You mentioned there of why not go and win it. Could it be an obstacle though in terms of our battle for survival? Because that's the key focus. Yeah. Isn't it? I mean, look, if we were like 12th I mean, in the league, like a Brentford at the minute, just comfortable mid-table, aren't going to go down. You go all, yeah. let's go all out for the FA Cup. But I certainly think with the threadbare squad we've got at the minute, it can only be an obstacle because, I mean, all it takes is, look, you get through three or four rounds, you get some easy opposition, then you face Chelsea away and all your hard work's undone. Three or four games and you get that Chelsea game, the excitement would be lifted amongst the City, yeah. the fact that you're in an FA Cup quarterfinal. I remember when we played Man City and that home game was going to be absolutely bouncing and obviously Good. COVID happened just yeah. before. Yeah. And the excitement about that FA Cup, because it had been a t- pretty poor season really, but that FA Cup run we had, or FA Cup limp really with the way we actually got there, <laughs> um, that game, everyone was absolutely ecstatic and you think Newcastle got no chance against Man City, but there was just this feeling that you, you never know. So I think if we even if we get three or four games, we have to manage the squad, whatever. I still think it's worth it. I think it breeds positivity. I, I'm fully behind the mentality of it's not a hindrance at all. I think it, it's a help. It's a help in hand. Oh yeah, definitely. It's it is absolutely done. It's uh, it's 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 a brilliant chance as well. Not not just to get through on Saturday, but imagine if we did what obviously Wigan and Portsmouth did. Obviously, I know they and two sides both got relegated, but imagine if we won the FA Cup, stayed up. Really, you could then look at that and think it's actually not been a, a bad season at all. I mean, personally, I'd take relegation if we won the FA Cup, but I've been. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. I don't think that if you could offer me, I don't think there's anyone offering that at the minute. But yeah, I I, I think. What sort of team would you put out? Because obviously I'm saying going for it, whatever. You, mm-hmm. Would you just go? Would yeah. you just go full strength? Would you? Would nah. you play Kieran Trippier? Not, would not you give with, him his not debut? round the corner. I just think, look, let's just tr- let's just try and get through this game. I mean, look, we're playing League One sides. You put a mixture of first team as fringe players in the academy lads. I'd certainly, I want to see Elliot Anderson, yeah, and Joe White yeah. in a full ninety minutes. I would yeah. start Dwight Gale up front. I would play probably play Jeff Hendrick, Jacob Murphy, a mixed jury. I think Howe will put a strong team out. I think a lot of people will be surprised at the squad he'll put out because you're not going to yeah. lose at home to Cambridge as well. There's a lot on the line here. Yeah. I know everyone gets excited FA Cup, League One team at home, but if you get beat here, the effect could be even worse going into that Waffle game. So I think we'll have to be cautious with our approach. Cambridge are going to be well up for it, like we said. I think they're bringing 5,000 fans. They're going to have a crack in the afternoon. It's a cup final yeah. for them. So we've got to be careful, but I would I would go strong, but not too strong, if you get me. I certainly wouldn't play Alan St. Maximin after he picked up a knock in the last game, but other than that, um, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to see Kieran Trippier get some minutes under his belt in a black and white shirt before the Watford game, whether that's from the bench or yeah. starting. I mean, he hasn't even been announced yet, and I'm talking about pl- playing him on Saturday. But <laughs> um, Thankfully, we'll upload this podcast later on, so it'll definitely be announced by then. Actually, say that at this rate... It's currently quarter past seven on Thursday. We thought it was going to be last night. I've had an announcement piece yeah. ready since yesterday. I got up at nine o'clock this morning thinking mm, club might do an early one. <laughs> nah, still waiting quarter past seven. We'll get there then eventually. You should be there um, for the Cambridge game. But we're going to round off this podcast now, this transfer window, FA Cup, Kieran Trippier announced, not announced, special, uh, with our usual score predictions. So I think for the first time on Tynewald this season, I think we're all going to back a Newcastle win here. Cambridge United at home. Dan, floor is yours, mate. Is that the first? Is this the first time? Because I think we've been pretty delusional at points this season, <laughs> haven't we? We'd be seven points <laughs> like, at the top now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> at least pushing for Champions League. Like, um, uh, I think we'll win 2-0. Nice. Harry, what do you think, then? 
Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to go three-one. I think Cambridge will score given our given our defence, but I think we'll we, we hopefully will get through. Hopefully. You know what? I'll give them a goal just just for the fans to have something. I'm going to go four-one Newcastle. It's going to be a nice little afternoon out. I was going to say three points there, but unfortunately you can't get three <laughs> points in the FA Cup. But we'll be in the hat for the fourth round. It's going to be a cracking atmosphere to James once again on Saturday. And hopefully Kieran Trippier will be involved and hopefully he doesn't get injured. God forbid I say that. But oh, thanks to Harry for coming on. Uh, great to have you on yeah, the podcast thank you. for the first time. It's been a pleasure. Time. Thank you very much. As always, excellent to have you on. But this has been Time War brought to you by Vavil UK. Make sure you do check out our website for our comprehensive coverage of Newcastle United as well as the rest of the Premier League, the AFL and of course the FA Cup games coming up this weekend. But from us three lads, thank you very much for listening and we will catch you all next time. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.